0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of premenstrual syndrome, or PMS, found under the gynecology section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 29-year-old female patient complains of depression, poor sleep quality, and breast tenderness. These symptoms occur on a monthly basis about two weeks before menstruation. Her symptoms greatly improve with menses. Let's continue with an introduction to premenstrual syndrome. Remember that this refers to recurrent physical and behavioral symptoms manifesting during the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. It will typically resolve with menstruation, there's absence of secondary causes, and if severe, it is referred to as premenstrual dysphoric disorder, or PMDD. Moving on to the presentation, physical symptoms will include abdominal bloating, breast pain, and cramps. Behavioral symptoms will include anger, irritability, and changes in appetite. In terms of the evaluation, patients should keep a diary of symptoms for more than two cycles. Remember that the temporal relationship of the symptoms to the cycle is important. In terms of treatment, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs can be used for severe PMS or PMDD. However, paroxetine is contraindicated in pregnancy. Remember that first trimester exposure may lead to congenital heart disease. Another treatment option is drospirinone and ethanol estradiol. Remember that drospirinone is a spironolactone analog, so it demonstrates anti-androgen and anti-mineral corticoid effects. And the last treatment option is a gonadotropin-releasing hormone agonist, or a GNRH agonist. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to premenstrual syndrome, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 32-year-old woman presents to the office with abdominal bloating, fatigue, and mood swings. Her symptoms have been occurring for multiple years, and each episode lasts for about a week. Her last menstrual period was three weeks ago. Mencies occur every month and last for five days with moderate flow. She has a history of anxiety that is well-controlled with therapy and tension-type headaches. She denies any recent changes in her sleep pattern or interest in activities, but does note an increase in appetite with cravings for sweet foods. She takes no medications and has no drug allergies. She is in a monogamous relationship with her husband and uses condoms for birth control. She denies dyspareunia or changes in her libido. The patient's temperature is 98 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.6 degrees Celsius. Pulse is 70 beats per minute. Blood pressure is 125 over 80 and respirations are 12 breaths per minute. Physical exam is notable for breast tenderness. Serum chemistries, blood count, pregnancy test, and TSH are within normal limits. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step in management? And the answer choices are choice one, diagnostic laparoscopy, choice two, increased frequency of therapy, choice three, menstrual diary, choice four, pelvic ultrasound, or choice five, start selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. The best answer to this question is... Choice 3. Menstrual Diary A menstrual diary is the most appropriate next step in management in this patient who presents with abdominal bloating, fatigue, mood swings, food cravings, and breast tenderness for several years suggestive of premenstrual syndrome. Premenstrual syndrome may present with fatigue, libido changes, bloating, mood swings, food cravings, difficulty concentrating, and breast tenderness. Symptoms tend to appear one week before menses begin, typically in the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle, and resolve spontaneously shortly after the onset of menses. Patients are asymptomatic during the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle. A more severe form of premenstrual tension is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which presents with profound mood swings, depression, and daily impairment. Initial management involves establishing the diagnosis and ruling out other potential causes that may present similarly, such as hypothyroidism, pregnancy or exacerbation of an underlying psychiatric disorder. A menstrual diary documenting mood and somatic symptoms over multiple menstrual cycles is used to establish the diagnosis. Mild premenstrual syndrome may be managed with stress reduction, therapy, or exercise. Severe premenstrual syndrome or premenstrual dysphoric disorder may be managed with selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or oral contraceptive pills. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Diagnostic laparoscopy is the gold standard for diagnosing endometriosis. Endometriosis presents with dysmenorrhea, dyspareunia, and chronic pelvic pain that worsens before menses and is unlikely in this patient who lacks these findings. Choice two. Increasing the frequency of therapy may be helpful in patients with mild to moderate premenstrual syndrome. However, it is important to establish the diagnosis and severity first with a menstrual diary prior to initiating a treatment plan. Choice four. Pelvic ultrasound may be obtained if there is a suspicion for an adnexal mass. Adnexal masses such as granulosa cell tumors may secrete large amounts of estrogen that can cause similar symptoms such as breast tenderness, mood swings, and bloating. However, symptoms would be constant rather than periodic and physical exam would reveal an adnexal mass. Choice 5. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are recommended in moderate to severe premenstrual syndrome and premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Only after the diagnosis is established with a menstrual diary and other etiologies are ruled out. Finally, a bullet summary. A mood diary is the most appropriate initial step in management in a patient who presents with symptoms suggestive of premenstrual syndrome. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 26-year-old female presents to her primary care physician with several months of mood swings, which she feels are affecting her work and personal relationships. She states that on roughly a quarter of days of each month, she feels highly irritable, sensitive to criticism and rejection, and easily saddened. She also feels that her appetite varies greatly, and on the days when she is particularly emotional, she also feels especially hungry. As a result of these symptoms, her performance at work has suffered, and her boyfriend has been complaining that she is difficult to live with. She is anxious that she cannot, quote unquote, get my mood under control. The patient has no past medical history regular periods every 28 days, and no obstetric history. She uses condoms for contraception. Her mother has major depressive disorder and her father has hypertension and coronary artery disease. At this visit, the patient's temperature is 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius. Pulse is 75 beats per minute. Blood pressure is 130 over 76 and respirations are 13 breaths per minute. She appears slightly anxious, but has overall normal affect and is pleasantly conversational. Physical exam is unremarkable. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are, choice 1, reassurance, choice 2, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, choice 3, combined oral contraceptive therapy, choice 4, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, or choice 5, cognitive behavioral therapy. The best answer to this question is choice two, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. This patient presents with occasional mood swings, irritability, and appetite changes that are affecting her functioning and relationships, most consistent with premenstrual dysphoric disorder, or PMDD. First-line treatment is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. The diagnosis of PMDD requires temporal correlation of symptoms with menstruation, with symptom severity being the highest in the week leading to menstruation, and resolving soon after menses begin. In order to establish this timing, patient documentation of symptom frequency and menstrual patterns is required. Treatment with an SSRI is first line, and pyridoxine or vitamin B6 has also been shown to be effective in some cases. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, reassuring the patient that her feelings are normal is not appropriate in this case, as her mood dysfunction is interfering with her work and personal life. Although some variation in mood is expected and may be physiologic around the time of menstruation, functional impairment should not be dismissed. Choice 3. Combined oral contraceptive therapy can be used continuously in PMDD to suppress ovulation and menstruation, thus eliminating the hormonal variations that trigger symptoms. This is considered second line to SSRIs. Choice 4. Serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor therapy may sometimes be used for PMDD. But the evidence is not as strong as for SSRIs. Choice 5. Referral for cognitive behavioral therapy can be used in conjunction with pharmacological treatments and is an appropriate step in patients with PMDD that severely affects daily functioning. However, trial of SSRI therapy with reassessment of symptoms is the initial step. Finally, a bullet summary. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder presents with mood swings and irritability around the time of menstruation, and selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are the first-line treatment. That's all for this review about premenstrual syndrome, or PMS. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app, while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.